Over the last couple of years, I have been on a slow but steady journey of becoming somebody who is less wasteful. I'm now, by no means, am I going to be somebody who by the end of the month can fit all of my trash in one mason jar. Don't get me wrong. That is amazing for people that can do that. That is not going to be me. I got two kids under the age of six. I don't know how y'all do that. But listen, I have been making slow, intentional choices to reduce and use less waste. But there have been certain things that I'm just like, is there a zero waste option for this? Is there an option out there that maybe could solve a problem, especially with a lot of bathroom products? Let's be honest, Q-tips, tissues, there are not very many options on the market until today. Welcome to the Business with Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Business with Purpose podcast. Here's our host, Molly Stewart, our mom. Welcome to the Business with Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Isabel Agard, founder of Last Object. Last Object is a Danish design trio that consists of great minds. These incredible people have chosen to tackle some of the least sexy objects out there. Like first, cotton swabs, and now disposable tissues. Not for the fame, nor for the love of these objects, but because they are addressing the problem of single-use items and looking past the highly visible culprits. Currently, plastic bottles and straws. Last Swab is the reusable alternative to cotton swabs, which replaces the need for the 1.5 billion single-use Q-tips produced daily, only to be thrown out after one use. And Last Tissue saves two liters of water per tissue and has become wildly popular on Kickstarter. Prior to founding Last Object, Isabel designed the first reusable chemotherapy bag to help reduce waste in the medical industry, and it is now being used all over Denmark. I was absolutely fascinated by this conversation with Isabel. I love what she is doing, and I know you are going to learn so much. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Isabel. Isabel, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. You are all the way in Copenhagen, Denmark, which I have never been to Denmark, um, but it is, I have heard, one of the most beautiful uh, places on the planet. So you were born and raised in in Denmark. We'll get to all of that in uh, your intro, but um, I, you know, just I have to ask right here at the beginning because this is very uh, relevant for people right now. Is you know everything that's going on with the coronavirus, COVID nineteen, whatever you want to call it. Um, in the South, people just call it with everything that's going on. That's what we call it. It's just with everything that's going <laughs> on. You know, how are things there for you in Denmark right now? Well, our government took it very seriously when it first um, out here. We had a we had a lockdown situation. Everything was closed. Uh, schools, stores. Um, so it's been very. Everybody's been quite isolated. You really, I think, everybody's learned how to kind of work from home and make that a thing. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's been very interesting. Mm, uh, but yeah. now I think we're like a month or one a month and a half in. 
uh, we're slowly starting to open up and we're getting, it's mostly actually the medical or like our hospitals just has to have room for people that are sick. So that's what we're trying to balance in a way with the lockdown. So, um, so that's been the focus, but it looks like the hospitals have a really good take on it. So now slowly we'll see what, what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Well, Isabel, I want you to do what all my guests do, and that's give us the Isabel 101. So tell me who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. Well, my name is Isabel, and I'm from Copenhagen, Denmark, born and raised here. I have uh, an IT background, actually, and then I did a master's in collaborative design, uh, which I really loved. And this is really what actually took me to where I am today. I have a huge passion for the environment and I have a huge passion for doing startups. Uh, So I've done a lot of different weird stuff throughout the years, but um, in some way they all are sustainable or in that direction. And they also build on this thought of designing collaboratively with people. So as a co-designer, which is my title, I've always explored uh, how we can create and make things that are unique and usable and make them in collaboration with the people that will be using them. Now, you said that you have a master's in collaborative design. That is the first time I've ever heard of that as a field of study. And so I'm curious, what exactly does that entail? Well, it's kind of um, becoming a designer and an anthropologist. Anthropo- what do you call it? And an anthropologist? Anthrop- anthropologist, yeah. <laughs> um, so an anthropologist and a designer in one is kind of what a collaborative designer is. It's called co-design. And it's, um, it's actually a field that was quite new uh, when I started. And it's now grown and you can see it in different countries, but it is very, very focused on the design process as a collaborative thing. So it's more or less, for example, I've done um, some things for hospitals. So instead of looking at patients and creating a solution or a design solution to solve problems for them, I'm actually creating tools so that they can design their own solution. So it's very much like taking people and interactions and and their abilities into my work instead of being a designer, which is in an ivory tower and, you know, knowing what's best or creating what I think this patient or this person would want to use. Yeah. So it's almost like kind of seeing kind of from what I'm gathering from what you said is that it's almost seeing what the needs are. What is it that the person or company or organization or business has and then how you can sort of fill in the gaps or design around what their specific needs are. Exactly. Yeah. So it's looking at problems a different way in a sense or solving the problems at least in a different way and where you take into account that the expert are the people that are using or should be using this solution and not the actual designer or engineer. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, talk about Last Object. Uh, when I first was introduced to Last Object and your work there, I was so intrigued and honestly so impressed because you guys are, you know, you're tackling some of the least kind of what you call like sexy, least sexy objects out there. But it's funny because that is something that I, you know, like, for example, I mean, I, I, I love for you to talk about this, but like, 
cotton swabs, Q-tips. I think about that all the time, like in my kind of own personal journey to try to reduce waste or find, you know, multiple uses for an item. Every time I use a Q-tip, I'm like, oh, I wish there was a reusable version of this. I hate how many Q-tips I have to throw away. But Q-tips are like one of those bathroom tools that I'm like, no, I am not, <laughs> I'm not ready to like sacrifice not having Q-tips. Um, I realized this is a very silly thing. But when I saw that that's something that you guys tackled, I was like, yes. So um, yeah, so for those that aren't familiar with Last Object, talk about Last Object, what it is you do and kind of how it all got started. Yes. Um, well, Last Object is, for us, our mission is to create a, an alternative to single-use items. And you're right, we have started creating a lot of uh, products that are in the kind of ew industry, which has been successful and awesome. Um, we've started with our Last Swap and uh, now launched Last Tissue. So we've really, we're, we're dealing with earwax and um, and burgers at this point. I'm really, <laughs> really crazy about like uh, how we're going to do whole, whole, I, like toilet paper is kind of our, our, uh, our huge, like it's on top of the, um, of our staircase because we want it to like feature that at some point. We don't have the solution yet, but I'm sure that we'll figure that out. <laughs> that is so cool. So how did you kind of come to the realization that this was a particular issue that you wanted to tackle and that you were going to do that through kind of design and business together. I mean, I know that you mentioned that you'd always kind of had a passion for the environment and startups, but at what point were you just like, okay, this, this is really something that I want to tackle and I'm going to do it through business? We um, were three designers that uh, actually one of them is my brother. And we've always worked very close and been a close, we're, we're a very like entrepreneurial family. So it's easy for us to work together. And we had uh, an, uh, an open workspace where we did each different companies. He was working with another designer called Cole. And uh, at lunch, actually, we would just like talk about what we really wanted to do. I was working at that point in um, the medical industry and for different hospitals and doing designs for them. And, and it was actually just like a kind of over-the-counter talk and, and we're all very interested in going into sustainability and going into sustainable solutions. And they, like Cole and, and, and Nicholas, my brother, they're into numbers and they're so great at like trying to figure out, well, if we should do an impact, then we should really make it a huge impact. Um, I don't want to do something that, you know, is going to change something a little bit. We want to do something that really will be at a huge scale. Mm -hmm. So we started um, looking into what is really affecting our planet. And this is where single use items in general came up. And we read different articles and reports and statistics on the matter. And Q-tips uh, was uh, among like the 10 most biggest contributors to our, our world in a not, not a good way. So, so we looked into Q-tips in general and wanted to really see how could we design something else? Could we do something where the Q-chip would not be thrown away, but where it would be reused? So this is where like the whole journey began, but we started listing up a lot of different products that we wanted to tackle. But I think our main focus has just always been we want to tackle issues that are not tackled already. So for example, a straw. 
I've seen so many different designs. There are so many good designs out there that are tackling that issue. We're not going to go into it then. But we want to go into the designs that are not really solved or are not good. So, so this is like our main focus. And then on top of that, we want to do, we want to look at items that are single use, that are something you frequently use, which therefore will make a huge impact. That's so cool. And I love, I love that you're like, we're basically dealing in earwax and boogers. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I have two kids under the age of six and that's basically what I'm dealing with right now is earwax and boogers. So um, (laughs) we are not all that different. Um, (laughs) So when you, you know, for example, like when you, cause I'm just, I'm really one of those people who's really interested in sort of the nitty gritty, the logistics of things. I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff. When you said, okay, we're going to start off with something like a cotton swab with, uh, you know, a Q-tip. Where did you even begin in when you started thinking about the design process, materials, testing prototypes, all that kind of stuff? I'm just fascinated by that whole process. We started, I think we just, we start our design process with looking, of course, at the object that we're kind of replacing because we want it to really look alike. We want you to look at this and be, oh, that's a Q-tip. We don't want you to say like, oh, I need a manual. Like, should I twist it, you know, right, left? (laughs) We want it to tell you (laughs) what it is doing by just design. And that's why we want to refer to how it looked or how the single use item looked. So we're trying to put those two and you can also see it with our tissue box. It's very design-wise sleek, but it will still look like a tissue box or a, a, a tissue pack. So this is this is something that we have in mind throughout the design process. What we do is that we keep prototyping. And I, I've like I've talked to so many different people about this and I don't think that it's kind of like when famous people they they're doing these amazing songs and you're like, "Oh, how did you, you know, how did you write this amazing song?" And they're like, "Well, it's my, you know, it's one out of 200." And that's kind of the same with design. It's one out of 200. We keep prototyping, we use different materials, we use different forms, we like we scale it up, scale it down, and in our little team, um the guys are so good at 3D programs so that's why we do a lot of testing by 3d print but also just like going down to the woodshed and trying to like you know nail it out form it you can use any material that you want to really just get a sense of it just to hold it just to see how it weighs uh, see how it will look to the others and take out all your paint like we just did colors with like a palette of paint and uh, a big sheet where we just like, oh, what about this pink? No, we should do it a little bit less pink, a little more pink. Like you test everything out and just like see what you have around you. Uh, that's really how, how we work and how we prototype. That's so cool. Now, you, when did you officially launch and kind of put this out into the market? Last year, 2019 in uh, April, actually. Yeah, so a, a year ago. Yeah, a little over a year ago. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, what were the kind of initial reactions from the marketplace when you put this out there? Were people like, yes, this is something we want? Did you kind of have to educate people on why this is something they should want? How did that go? I think in the beginning, we were very 50-50 in the people that 
interacted with our social media post with ew and oh my god this is awesome so we kind of had both and and this was this was really cool because it actually it created a conversation yeah and that's exactly what you want when you're designing something you want people to question it you want them to ask like well why do you use that material and like how do you clean it but how like oh i don't understand <laughs> this is gross so i think that like the discussion and and that people were disagreeing uh, that was an amazing thing for us and and that continued and and it keeps continuing so there is of course some people that will still to this day think that that's really gross and there are some that use it every day and and swear by it by now so it's it was very different yeah yeah now how exactly, like, let's just stick with the cotton swabs for a minute. How does it work? How is it reusable? How do you clean it? Like, I'm just genuinely curious. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, our last swab is made of a very durable plastic in the middle. So it has like a core of PP plastic. And the ends are, are made of something that we call TPE, which is a thermoplastic, but it kind of has the same feel as silicone. Mm. So that's kind of, yeah, the quality of it in general, but it's a better material that can stick to the um, the core, which is really, really important because we don't want the tips to fall off in any way. Yeah. So we really designed it well so that it is, it's melted together in a sense. And you get it in a carry case, which makes it very hygienic to carry around with you, but also just to store it when you have it in your bathroom because it's not touching any surface um, it's kind of lifted up and and this is uh, yeah this so this is kind of like the design we have two versions so one for makeup and one for cleaning your ears the one for cleaning your ears has more like a textured surface so it can like kind of get something out where the makeup version has like a pointy and a more like soft end which is more for detail or removing excess makeup yeah. And do you just wash them with soap and water? Yes. You wash them with soap and water under your sink. That's awesome. Now, last tissue. Now, I'm assuming that it is different than a handkerchief. <laughs> or is it similar? <laughs> well, it is actually, I would call it like the modern handkerchief because it, it is like the old kind of handkerchief, but it is six handkerchiefs in a box which is hygienic yeah so it is the, a tissue pack and a handkerchief that kind of had a baby <laughs> a tissue pack and a handkerchief that had a baby because I remember it's so funny because I think about my dad is almost 76 and when I was growing up I mean he still uses one but he used a handkerchief and I always you rem used to remember like he would blow his nose and then just like put it back in his back pocket I was like dad ew and he's like this is what we do like this he like he said that this is just what all men of that generation do is they blow their nose into some handkerchief and then just plop it back in their back pocket and I just remember being so grossed out by it and then now like I'm, as an adult I'm like wow, dad was really earth conscious and I don't even think he was like realizing <laughs> it. Oh my gosh. Exactly. I know. So how did that come about and why was that the kind of second issue that you wanted to tackle after cotton swabs? 
Well, after cotton swaps, uh, we wanted to go into something that in the same way was something that really made a huge difference because you would use it so much. And what our big success uh, environmentally with the swap was that it's just it's an item that's quite small, but it's just something that people use a lot of. And the numbers are crazy. The tissue numbers are even more crazy. So that was why we wanted to tackle that problem. We did a lot of research around it and we tried to figure out how we could design our way introducing the handkerchief again because it is just a really good design. But I feel the same way as you do. Like, I don't want to put my my hanky down into, you know, my pocket. It's just like, it's not going to happen. Not even, you know, with a lot of kids around. So uh, we wanted to do something that was more for the modern, the modern human being. And I just, I like the tissue pack because it is in a pack. So you kind of, you know, you have 10 on you, you take one out, you then throw it out. And then like, but you just still have everything isolated. There's plastic and put it in your bag and take it out. It's like, it's just an easy, convenient thing to like carry around. So we wanted to take this very conveniency, modernness mm-hmm. of the tissue pack and then really incorporate how can we make this actually be good for the environment. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Now I am curious as to, you mentioned that you guys are thinking about toilet paper. That would be a whole nother something. Um, But I am curious, you know, kind of what other types of things are on your radar? Because I'm assuming that this is something you guys are kind of always thinking about is innovating and changing and um, inventing, creating. Definitely. Yeah. We actually had a longer talk about it today because we are trying to figure out not what, not what are we going to launch this year or next year, but also in three years, because a lot of the solutions that we're looking at will have a lot of investigation, but they're also going to be a longer design process. Last swap was a quite a short, because we, we knew what we wanted. So it was quite a short prototyping period where and the tissue took a little longer because we really need to figure out like how this and there were a lot of different versions we had to really solve the issue well and now we're looking at some more complex uh, issues that we design wise just have to really think but we are i can say that we're going to really stay in the bathroom area because that's a really fun area to be in yeah <laughs> and uh, and we're and we're gonna make some more ew products and yeah. um, toilet paper is not something that's like on top of the list. It's more like our holy grail. Like this is, I think we'll retire when we get to that. <laughs> but um, I think that there are a lot of different um, items and, and this journey in general, just getting into different objects that we can change. Yeah. So, but yes, we're going to do a lot of things in the bathroom first. Yeah. I mean, I think about things like floss, toothbrushes. I mean, feminine products. I mean, there's so many, exactly. uh, there's so many things that you can really, you could spend a lot of time working on, okay, how can we, how can we make a reusable version of this? Well, exactly. so if people are, now, is this something that people can just go on your website and buy? If people are interested in these, like, how do they, how do they get their hands on some reusable Q-tips and reusable tissues? <laughs> yes. Um, well, we have um, we have this system in our company that we really love to test things, um, and we really want to try out everything that we that we make. So that's why when we launched 
our last swap, we did it on Kickstarter. And it was just amazing because we got so much feedback from the community. And we really got an understanding of different colors we should introduce and different ways and materials that we should switch out and stuff like this. So we really want this phase to be part of our company strategy. So we do have a website where we sell our products last swap, but we always release them first on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, a crowdfunding um, platform where we kind of test the waters and where you can kind of get the first hands on on the, the first products. Um, so right now, last tissue is finishing off on Indiegogo and we'll come into our web shop as soon as all the backers get their tissues. And last swab is of course already on our web shop, but everything will, will always end up there. It just has a process. So if you want to know like, what is the next product, then it's um, really going into actually our website and being updated uh, or newsletters, then we're always sending out what is the next launch. We have one here in the end of summer, which is very exciting and um, for girls especially. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Another thing that um, I forgot to mention and, and just kind of ask you about is something that you were also, you, you played a big hand in. I mean, you guys designed it was the first reusable chemotherapy bag to re, re, reduce waste in the medical industry that's being used now all over Denmark, which is amazing. I am just kind of curious, how did that particular project come about? <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing project. That, was, uh, that came about uh, because we, when I was studying at design school, the hospital, or like our, our main hospital, contacted our department and asked if somebody wanted to try to solve this problem because they were using bags that were for um, actually pumps for pain relief. And they wanted something that was more designed for chemotherapy because they were starting to do a program where they sent people home with their chemotherapy and that had really amazing results. So they needed a design solution around it. And so I actually designed it with four other co-designers in my um, at my school. So it was actually a school project. And then when we finished it, two of us went out and said, okay, we got to actually produce it because this is actually a really good design. So we did a company afterwards and then we got it produced. And, and that, was, that was a whole year in itself to, for all. And then all the hospitals in Denmark could then buy into it. And they have. That is absolutely amazing. Because you're not only, I mean, you're, you're not only making an impact on the environment, you're making an impact on people, on the medical system. That's just absolutely incredible. It was, it was an amazing yeah. project, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So if people want, before we kind of transition to my get to know you questions, if people are interested in just kind of connecting with you, following the work that you're doing, what are the best ways that they can do that? I think, right, I would always say Instagram. Um, because that's really where we're big. So I would, um, we have two different Instagram accounts, but you can follow last swap and you can follow last object. And we're always updating on our new products there. Awesome. Okay, Isabel, this is the portion of the show that I get to just ask you some fun, get to know you questions just to get to know our guest a little bit better. It's one of my favorite parts of the show. But before I kind of get into the, the, the lesser deep questions, um, I'm just kind of curious, 
Uh, this is something I've been asking my guests during this time. And that is kind of what are you learning about yourself during COVID-19? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I think I've been, I've learned a lot about how our company actually works because we have built, um, we're us three founders and then we have, we've just uh, gotten a CEO and a CFO. Um, so we're five in the office and it's just amazing to be a little team and we're growing this huge organization. So everything we do is freelancer based. So we have around 15 different freelancers that are working from all around the world. And it's really, really great for me to understand how they work. And now I have been working like them for myself. <laughs> and it's very interesting how you can communicate. How can I communicate with my core team um, and how can I get actually better for my freelancers to communicate with me because we always have each other, but we're reaching out to them and they're reaching into us. So I think creating some really good flows and understanding like the positive and the negatives of being a freelancer, which we have all kind of been in this period because you don't have your normal workstation. And I th that's really been an experience and I've gotten uh, a lot of understanding and, and a lot of really good flows with the different freelancers that I work with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that perspective. I love that perspective. Okay. Question number two, who would you, Isabel, most like to sit next to on a 16-hour flight and why? 16-hour <laughs> flight. I don't think I would like to be on a flight. <laughs> I just did my first ever 16-hour flight back in January from uh, Nairobi to JFK in New York, oh, Nairobi, wow. Kenya to JFK. And it was long. It was a really, really long time. <laughs> So, uh, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm very curious as to like, who would you want to sit next to on that flight? Okay. Well, i of course would love to sit next to my husband. I feel like I should say <laughs> yeah. that first. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I think the first person that kind of pops into my head is an amazing guru that I met, met in India. Uh, it was called Sadhguru and we're getting very personal now. But he has just influenced my life mm. so much and his vision and his way of dealing with problems and seeing the world and his perspective. Um, I just find myself often kind of going to, to listen to his ideas and, and to his talks when I kind of feel off because he's very aligned in a way. Mm. So, yeah, that's a really, that, I would love, I love to sit with him. Yeah. And just kind of listen and learn. And yeah, that's great. That's great. What would you do differently if you knew that no one was judging you? I would definitely not wear clothes. <laughs> yes. Clothes are very restrictive. <laughs> Comfortable. Like I, I just have like I and shoes and yeah. Also one of the perks of being at home working is that you can really uh, choose what to wear. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think that a lot of our mindset and our thoughts uh, go into how we look and how we're perceived. And I think that if you could kind of let this go, that would create a lot of energy for other stuff that mm. is more important. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Are you, um, I am a big reader. I love to read. 
Are you a reader? And if so, are there any books that you are reading or loving right now? I just finished actually a a second book from an author I love, Gabriella Bernstein. Mm. Uh, She did a book on Universe Has Your Back. And I thought it was it was so amazing. She just made a second book, and that was even more amazing. I love her perspective, and it's it's more or less it's also just a kind of a spiritual book on how to look at life and how to be aware of your energy and and the support system that you have around you. And I think whatever you do in your daily lives, it's just amazing to have that security in a sense. Yeah, and 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 just um. Yeah, just look at life in a different positive way can really make a difference in hard times. So mm-hmm. I think that was really amazing. If I can mention one more book, which is more business related, Tim Ferriss did Four Hour Work Week. Oh, and yeah. It's a classical yeah. book. You know, a lot of people have read it, but I think it's just still worth mentioning because it's just a it's a really, really good book. And it's especially being an, a freelancer or an entrepreneur, you know, trying to deal with not working constantly, but working smart is going to make a huge difference in your life. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I read that book, Yeah, I mean, probably 10, 12 years ago. Um, and it's one I reference often. So that's a really great suggestion. Okay, well, this is my last question. And it's the question that I ask all my guests And that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? It means everything. And it's actually crazy because we have all three done a lot of different projects and had different companies along the way. And we've all loved designing, but this designing for a purpose, creating for a purpose, that it's not about the numbers of money, but it's about numbers of single use items that you have eliminated. I think that is, that's just, it's so purposeful to go to work. Uh, You want to go that extra mile. So it's so, such a core part of the company that it's also the company in a sense. So everything that we do is zero waste. Everything, um, how we create our company structure is sustainable. So our, our whole purpose is kind of our whole life now. And uh, that's been an amazing experience. And it's something that I actually should mention more often because it, uh, it really makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. That's a really, really great perspective. Isabel, I just am so grateful for you coming on the show all the way from Denmark and using technology to connect with you. Uh, this is just so much fun. And I cannot wait to see all of the other products that you tackle in such a, uh, a really purposeful uh, design way and the impact that you're going to have on the environment and so many people's lives. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a pleasure. I love to, uh, to tell more people about the story and, and hopefully inspire more people to go into zero waste and sustainability. There is room for a lot of companies. So uh, yeah, I hope it can inspire Absolutely. Okay, friend, I would love to know what you loved about this episode or maybe something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring incredible entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, 
Thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you just take a moment to leave a review for me? Leaving a review really just helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. As always, this show is produced by the amazing team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.